Welcome to ASRM Today Book Review, a podcast that interviews the authors who dive deeper into the field of reproductive medicine. Hello, everyone. I am Jeffrey Hayes, and today on the book review, we are talking with Beth Cavanaugh about her new book, The Power and Pain of Nursing, Self-Care Practices to Protect and Replenish Compassion. She is a certified hospice and palliative care nurse with over 25 years of experience. Beth, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Jeffrey. This is such a wonderful book, and I have so many questions, but I want to start with the main question. Tell our audience a little bit about your collaborators with this book. So MJ Marie Vachon is, um, she's actually my cousin, and she is also a dear friend, and we talk all the time. And when the pandemic hit and there was a lot of chaos going on. She and I were in very close contact and she's a therapist and she has a friend who wanted to collaborate with us on creating something to support frontline workers, primarily nurses, doctors in the field, um, CNAs doing huddles in, in the hospitals. Everybody has to do a huddle before their shift. And then her husband is Dominic Fashan, who uh, works at Notre Dame and he's a professor there. And And he wrote a textbook on the science of compassion. Uh, It's called How Doctors Care. So, and Colleen Sweeney is the other collaborator. And the four of us got together and we started writing this program for hospitals and it didn't really go anywhere. It took us a couple months to to write it. Nothing really happened to it, but I just felt like the the knowledge was gold and I kind of wanted to run with it. So So they are my collaborators on this book because it stemmed from that process. And, you know, most of the compassion science that is in there is from Dominic Bashan's book. And a lot of the practices are from N.J. Murray Bashan's clinical practice that she does. Um, It's only a little 30-day guide for self-care practices. It's a really easy read. But I just wanted to, I guess, not start the conversation. The conversation is definitely happening out there in terms of having compassion in healthcare. I guess I just wanted to make a little contribution towards that. Yeah, well, let me tell you, it's not little. It's it's a very large contribution because I, I was talking to with my wife about it, who's in therapy. And, you know, she was just, you know, flipping through it going, oh, that's great activity. That's great activity. That's great activity. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, it definitely is much larger. Now, in this book, it stated, if you want to stay grounded, be resilient, and maintain a compassionate mindset in health care in your home life, you simply must have self-care and mental wellness practices woven into, throughout, over, and under your life. This book aims to be your scaffolding. It will support you through the intensity of this work. Where did the kernel of this, it's, 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 dare I say, philosophic, right? It's, it's, it's almost a philosophy of sorts. Uh, uh, where'd this begin for you? So as we were starting on this project that I talked about right at the beginning of the pandemic, I would write write things about what I did as a nurse over my 25 years, and then Dominic Vachon would take it, and he would have some, some nugget of science of compassion that actually went with it. And, and it actually dawned on me then that in my 25 years, I've just been kind of struggling to figure out how to be compassionate how to actually enjoy my profession more because I certainly tried walling myself off from other people's emotions and suffering. That doesn't work. <laughs> and and it's, it's proven in the um, science of compassion that if you are compassionate, if you lean into 
empathetically resonating with somebody else's suffering, it actually helps you heal as a practitioner and it helps you enjoy your job more. And then it has these amazing outcomes for the patients. You know, if they feel like you are a compassionate human that really truly cares about what's going on for them, they can have the energy to deal with their illness. They trust you more. They're more compliant with outcomes. So, I mean, as I was learning, I really was learning all this stuff not that long ago. It just dawned on me that this is really important stuff. And I've been working on it for a long time and I continue to. So that's where it all started. I want to follow up then is positivity itself gets a bad rap often, uh, certainly in American culture. And you, you remark at one point that you you choose positivity. Right. You you choose to be positive, which leads me to ask then, you know, was it was it taught to you or, or discovered through through trial and error? Uh well, for me personally, it's just an ongoing practice. I would say I'm a pretty positive person in general, but honestly, like I do have to work at it. And especially when you're in healthcare, when I'll speak for myself, I mean, working in healthcare, you're around so much suffering every day. It's really hard to stay positive. The job demands from being in healthcare are really hard and it's hard to stay positive. So that's always my end goal. That's of course how I want to be and how I want to live, but it doesn't, it doesn't come easily for me. And so I do have to work at it. And it's just always my my little carrot. There's a very touching moment early uh, where you mentioned about you had a patient that was basically dying, you know, on you. And you saw them through it and then you, you know, you, you broke down, you know, and, and, and you then composed yourself. But why is there such a stigma about that? Do you think is it, it I mean, it's the stigma between, you know, compassion and, and uh, professionalism, you know, almost why, why can't they be more interwoven? That is such a good question. I mean, I think that I learned as a nurse to kind of hold it together all the time, but I didn't necessarily have the practices to truly understand what it takes to hold it together. And by holding it together, I mean, now I feel like I would much rather break down after a terrible death of one of my patients and, you know, kind of release that anguish that I feel, I feel for the patient, I feel for the families, the fact that I saw it myself, my own stuff with it. Now I'd much rather release that and integrate it into how I care for the families, you know, afterwards. It's really hard. I mean, as a nurse, you're supposed to actually maintain a lot of composure throughout the shifts. Of course, you're the one who is supporting them. So you really, most people don't want a nurse that's breaking down on them. You know, it, it's really kind of scary if you're, if you're in a position where your dad is dying and the nurse is crying right next to you. I mean, you're like, you don't want to tend to them. So, you know, I think that's, generally why. So when I say I would like to feel this way and feel this sadness, I think you have to kind of find a way to do it. That's not going to be disruptive to the patients and the families, which generally means you have to do it before or after your shift. You know, (laughs) I do think it needs to be more integrated in our profession. The fact that we are humans 
and that we are equally suffering and we are, meaning we're suffering with the patients, but so much of compassion practices allow you to build your composure as you are experiencing this. And also just knowing that suffering is part of our human experience, right? I mean, people die, cancer continues to rage on, there's pandemic that keeps going. So suffering is part of our human existence and to be able to kind of breathe and know that that's part of it. I mean, I guess that's why self-care practices are just so important because it is, it's heavy stuff. And I think if you kind of wall yourself off from all of this, for me anyway, I feel like I'm a better nurse when I'm a little more engaged emotionally. By the way, I tried the breathing exercise, and I admit <laughs> it was indeed very relaxing. Okay. Um, I also, I love the idea of, of ponder, palpate, and percuss. Uh, not just because I'm a fan of alliteration, but what you know, <laughs> what uh, sort of what led you to to think about you know this this obvious, although often ignored part of the body for stress relief. You know, like the the hands and, and the rubbing, and, and was there was there a specific moment that that led to this and, and others in the book? These kind of aha moments. So you're talking about where I'm, we're, we're just appreciating our hands, right? Yes. Yeah. And you talk yeah. a lot about the, 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 you know, just, just lotion, just rub it, you know, just <laughs> sort of, I know, I know our viewers, I know my viewers, I know my listeners can't see us right now, but we're sitting here just like, kind of, it's wringing my hands. Yeah. I, I think that, um, I mean, nurses, anybody in healthcare is really a healer, whether they realize it or not, the, the janitors that are there the CNAs that are there, the physicians that are there, the respiratory therapists. I mean, everybody's there has this, we are in this healing environment and that is part of our job. We all bring this with us. And, and our hands are such a really important part of healing in terms of, you know, when you think about the procedures that are being done, the wound care, the catheter insertions, the IVs, the suctioning, all that stuff. So, and then just, you know, helping people with their bodily functions and touching them throughout the day. I just feel like our hands are a really important part of what we do. I think I put that in there that just the power of appreciating your hands, because I had done this practice where you focus on your own death. And as you are thinking about dying, you're thinking about your body leaving and you are appreciating part of this exercise is to appreciate your hair, your eyes, your mouth, and you know, your throat, your voice, just kind of go step by step through each one. And it's a really moving exercise to so tenderly just appreciate, you know, these these hands that we just take for granted every day. So that's why I put in there. It felt like a it was profound for me. So well, you mentioned too that, is, uh, that that you have no problem, or or that during your 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 experiencing of these of all these things and, and trying to to get them down, that you've wondered about all religions, <laughs> and I, I was I was just curious about how does that help? Like, how does that help you? Does it does it? Is, are you just sort of taking? a lot of the ideas and, and combining them or are you keeping them sort of compartmentalized? Are you talking about my own spiritual beliefs, religious beliefs? Yes. Okay. Well, in Dr. Vashon's book, How Doctors Care, he has this 
massive chapter on philosophy of care or spirituality of care. And that just really resonated with me because I was born and raised a Catholic and I don't practice in the Catholic church now, but it was an important part of, you know, my life. And for me, I really feel like being a nurse, there's so much sacredness and holiness that we get to experience. I mean, you're with people in the darkest of times, the most joyous of times. It feels like church on some level, right? I mean, we we can get so much meaning out of this profession because we are deep in it on this journey with our patients. And it feel it's an absolute privilege to be able to be with them. So I think I'm I'm just overwhelmed by all the holy moments that I get to experience in my work. So religion, you know, I have more of this kind of open sense of sacredness. And I think I incorporate it into my practice as a nurse because it helps to give me meaning. It also helps me just to be a more engaged nurse and more connected with, you know, how my patients and families are doing. We were talking a little bit right before we got on mic, and I said that this is a very cross-disciplinary book to me. And this is not, I mean, it's it's primarily for, for, for nursing, for palliative care. But the more I read it, it more it reminded me of back long time ago when I was getting my bachelor's in, in education that, you know, they used to say journal, you know, uh, write, write down your feelings, you know, every day, you know, recant what's, what's happened so that when you go back and you review, you can fix, you know, or, or, or amend things. This book you've contributed to and put together, it just seems to me to be, it, it could really be used by anyone. Like it, it could, it could be so helpful to anyone just looking for help in the stressful, whatever their stressful, you know, occupation is. Did you expect that to happen when you were drafting it or, or did that sort of come about as, as it became more, you know, along in the process? Mm-hmm. Um. I think that we actually originally started, our our project was more interdisciplinary. So I I think it was pretty wide open in the beginning. And I honed it into nurses just because that's what I know. And that's what was familiar to me. And I had all the stories that were nursey. But yeah, I definitely think it can apply to anybody. I mean, it's it's an easy read. I write how I talk, which is just simply conversational. And so anybody can understand it. It's not like there's any technical terms in there. So yeah, I do think it can can reach a wider audience. I think I also like that it's specifically written about nursing stories and what nurses experience, because I also, I do want other people to know what kind of goes on behind the scenes of a nurse and a lot of the feelings and the emotions that we may have, or at least for me, I know, I I know this is just my journey, but it's a difficult profession. And I I think everybody knows is very aware of that now with the pandemic. And I'm glad that people do know. I also like, I continue to look around at the nurses that I work with and I'm I am just continually amazed at how graceful they continue to work through this time. So that was a very long answer to yes, I think this can apply to everybody. <laughs> well, I, I I just I I completely agree with you on that. And uh, I as we were talking about you know earlier, certainly COVID has changed the way that we look at 
nurses, hospitals, and the way of that sort of that relationship between, you know, patient and care specialist and what that means, you know, because, you know, across the board, we begin to see how frail and fragile uh, medical workers can be. And it's been quite a few years, (laughs) I think, as everyone would agree. My guest today has been Beth Cavanaugh. We've been discussing her book, The Power and Pain of Nursing, Self-Care Practices to Protect and Replenish Compassion, available now everywhere you get your books. Beth, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Jeffrey. It's lovely chatting with you. Absolutely, Uh, as as well to to, to you. uh, please uh, rate and uh, uh, subscribe to the show on whatever podcatcher that you use, whether that's Apple, Google, what have you. I am Jeffrey Hayes, and this is the ASRM Today Book Review. This concludes this episode of ASRM Today. For show notes, author information, and discussions, go to asrmtoday.org. This material is copyrighted by the American Society for Reproductive Medicine and may not be reproduced or used without express consent from ASRM. ASRM Today Series podcasts are supported in part by the ASRM Corporate Member Council. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of ASRM and its affiliates. These are provided as a source of general information and are not a substitute for consultation with a physician. 